Hi, and welcome to Elevating Business, the podcast that gives you tips and tricks for how to start, grow, and sell your online business. Also take a look at our resource website, emilyandblair.com, for more info around how you can make your business better. But for now, here's today's episode. Hi, and welcome to episode 102. We're going to be looking today in this episode at freelancer tips for beginners and how to find a freelancer. Mm -hmm. Yes, very good. So we've recovered from last week's little mishap with our computer screens, um, which was uh, an interesting way to finish off episode 101, where basically the computer screens, which sit behind the camera here, completely fell down on top of us. Um, so and and, knocking and, a glass and of water, a glass of water all over Emily's feet, and uh, and smashed and smashed. <laughs> so anyway, that was a good finish to the uh, episode, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. if you missed that one, you can go back and have a look at that on YouTube. It's uh, I really wouldn't <laughs> do some funny facials and <laughs> a bit of swearing, but that's okay. So um, yeah, that was last week. But what have we done, uh, been up to this week? We've uh, been painting oh. a bit of. Uh, Bit of the inside of the house, which has been interesting, but it's a really good way of freshening up a upper room, isn't it? You get a bit of yeah. Touch our bedroom is now what was our office room, and it's lovely, I'm loving it. Yeah, well, it's come up well. Yeah, we've gone for a really deep green on the mm. uh, back wall, the feature wall. Very cozy. So, very cozy. Yeah, no, it's, it's come up well. So uh, we can highly recommend a bit of internal renovations if you're uh, yeah. looking to freshen up the house. Yeah. But anyway, let's get on with this episode. So, yeah, this week um, we wanted to follow through on what we talked about last week, which was freelancers and um, why you should potentially start to look to use them right from the beginning of your online journey. Um, And this week we really wanted to touch on, I guess, some five tips of if you decide to use a freelancer or or, um, to go to outsourcing, five tips on what you should basically doing what you shouldn't do so it can get you off to the best possible start in your sort of search for a freelancer so without further ado tip number one one thing that I sort of I guess um, had an issue with in the beginning when I started using contractors and freelancers was the pricing there's a whole price range you know and it's very tempting to go for the cheapest the cheapest one and normally what they will do on any of the platforms like Upwork or Fiverr, they'll show you um, the hourly rate. Um, and, you know, and some people have it on there for 2 to $3 an hour, um, and then that goes right up to over $100 an hour, depending on what the uh, person is doing and what their skills are and what their experience is. And one thing I did was I went for some cheapest, the cheapest ones, um, and that is something I'd probably say to avoid. Um, you know, I think going for sort of a mid-range pricing, um, you're going to get the best of both worlds. You're going to still get value for money, but you're going to get someone who's a bit more experienced and you'll probably get a lot better result. The problem with going with someone cheap is they may just be starting out and you might not, they might not have the experience and skills that are needed to complete the task that you want. So I suppose um, it's how important the task is. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it's like if you're going for something like um, developing an app, for example, you know, you want to probably spend a bit of money on getting someone good 
um, because otherwise your app's going to have all sorts of problems and errors that you have to come back and rework. Yeah. Whereas if you're just getting someone to design a logo for you, yeah, maybe that's when you go for someone cheaper because, you know, to be honest, there's not a lot of skill required in, in designing a logo versus building an app. So it's very much, um, yeah, you're right. It depends what the task yeah. is. So good point. So tip number two would be, and this is a little bit more work than what some of the platforms will lead you to believe. A lot of the um, freelancers out there will have references. So like they'll have uh, previous jobs that have done, the person will have written in and put a comment about how well they went. Um, that's all fine. A lot of the time, though, this these can be a bit um, biased and you know, the freelancers talk to them and say, can you give me a good review and all this sort of thing. So, and a bit misleading as well sometimes because yeah. it, that one person might have found what they did okay, but then you might not either. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. So, you want to read more than one review. Um, and one thing I would probably do, depending on, again, how much you're going to use this person, you know, in your, in your work, you know, if, if it's just a one-off task, it's probably not as important. But mm -hmm. if you planning on use them, using them, you know, over a prolonged period or over multiple jobs, I would actually try and get them to give you a reference contact. So it could be an email address or a phone number of someone they've worked for before. And I, I would like you to contact that person and actually get it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, in terms of what that freelancer was like and how they performed and you know did they achieve the and you know it's a genuine review then well you, you know do. You, yeah, do, you know it's yeah. not the, yeah. the person writing the room absolutely you know. and this is the problem there is an element of non-genuine reviews online and you know we, we all know this yeah but you want to protect yourself and by contacting that employer directly you actually get around any of that sort of bogus situation where you might be reading false reviews so that's our second tip. Third tip would be, if you're not going to use a platform, and I'll talk about just some of these platforms at the end um, of this episode, but if you're not using a platform and you're actually going out and finding a, a freelancer on your own, then there's a couple of things I would generally recommend you do. The first is a contract. So have a um, set up a contract with them, which outlines all of the details, you know, the monetary terms, the um, you know, all of the information and process that will go through with the with the job. And there's heaps of standard templates for that. Um, we've got a template uh, on our website, emilyandblair.com, um, that you can use. Um, but I think it's one of those ways to protect yourself as well. Yeah. Well, are there different lengths of contracts there? Because you yeah. could do a short term, if it's someone new you've not used before, you could do a short term contract yeah. Yeah. and then try them out so you can actually get out of it if you don't, if you don't yeah. like them. Yeah, so all contracts will have an out clause so a, or a termination clause. So that's if it doesn't go right, how do you get out of it? Or vice versa, if the freelancer doesn't actually like you or like the way you work, they want to get out of it. So it protects both parties, but it just sets in place some rules around how your relationship with the freelancer is going to go. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You can have quite long-term contracts, which are generally a bit more detailed, or you can just have a short-form, short-term contract, which generally won't have a whole lot of the, the detail that the, the long-form ones do. So yeah. it's basically, again, comes back to your first point, is working out what the 
task is that you're going to get them to do. Um, you know, if it's a simple logo design, you probably don't need a long form contract to do that. Um, the second thing that I would always have in there with any freelancer is a non-disclosure agreement. So they're often, um, uh, you know, abbreviated as NDAs. So an NDA is pretty much, in short, saying that the freelancer will um, protect any of the IP of yours that they use and vice versa. So they won't go and um, tell anyone else about any of the information of your business because when you're working you know with a freelancer you've got to give them certain information about your business to allow them to be able yeah. to complete the task but you want to protect that information you don't want them spreading that around the, the internet or whatever um, and so uh, NDA is really important so there's two those two things make sure you get those signed up before you start yeah if you do it through um, like a platform have you got some backup and yeah some... so it's a good point the a lot of the platforms like Fiverr and um, Upwork and things will have these contracts in place as part of their standard sort of setup. Right. So you don't actually then need to go and get, you know, um, your own agreement and things. It's all kind of set up in the background. So you've got ways of, of terminating and, and all that. Sort so of presumably stuff. you pay for that. You do, yeah, yeah. Well, you pay for it in your fees when you, you know, so for example, um, all platforms are different. So, um, but say, for example, Upwork, you'd go on Upwork and you um, find a, a contractor uh, and when you when they do the tasks, you pay through the Upwork program. So you don't right. pay directly to the freelancer. And they'll take a they take a They take a cut out of that before they pay the Yeah, freelancer. but then they're providing you with some security though. Well, they are, yeah. They're yeah. providing you with a platform to find the freelancer. Yeah. They're providing with all the agreements yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, it's a really nice and smooth way of doing yeah. it. So I certainly would recommend using these platforms. But they are all a little bit different. Um, so you, you, we'll, we'll touch on a few of those in a minute. Um, so the fourth tip would be and it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're finding one yourself or whether you're using a platform, you need to have a clear written brief, okay? Now, that brief will outline what the tasks are that you want them to complete, what the outcomes are that you want them to complete, and what the time frame is that you want them to stick to. So, you know, for example, it could be that you want them to design a logo for you. The outcome is that you want a, a good logo with, um, you know, uh, that meets your brand colours. Um, yeah. You that, might even want them to do a few. Yeah, or it could be a, a range of logos. Yeah, so that could be the thing. You know, you could say, right, I want the outcome is three logos for me yeah. to choose from. They've got yeah. to all reach my brand, um, meet my brand colours. Yeah. They've all got to be, um, you know, presented in a way that I can use them on Facebook, on my website, on, um, you know, my business cards, so different graphic levels, you know, so that sort of stuff. So it's just yeah. outlining all the, the outcomes that yeah. you want. So that when it comes back to you, you've got a checklist and can check whether they've actually done everything that you're paying them to do. And yeah. That, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that they've, they've reached those, those outcomes. Yeah. The other thing is also that way it's very clear between what you want and what they understand you want yeah. so that's the main thing because the worst experience i've had with freelancers is when the brief isn't clear they think you want something else that you don't want and then they come up with this whole different set of of sort of results and you're sort of going well yeah and then they probably blame it on you as yeah, well for not for being not giving clear. you the right um, yeah. yeah so i can't sort of under, um, underline that enough you know you've got to make sure your brief is well well set up 
and also timing. So like put some timeframes in place. You know, freelancers are busy that you're generally not going to be their only um, client. They're working for another, uh, you know, a whole series of other businesses. Yeah. So, you know, you need to know how busy they are and come to agreement with them about when, you know, they're going to deliver what you need. Um, and that might be the deciding factor of whether you use that freelancer or another one. You know, yeah. if they're going to take two months to deliver a logo, you might go with someone else who yeah. can take a week. Yeah. Um, so that's that's um, sort of tip number five. And the final tip, uh, sorry, tip number four, final tip number five is actually don't be afraid to test them out. So, and this is particularly for that longer form contractor, you know, where you're going to use them over and over again or you're going to use them on a big, long task. Just try them out. To sort of set up a small brief about a certain part of of what you're going to get them to do and get them to complete that part first and assess it and make a call on whether you're going to continue to use them or whether you're going to yeah. terminate that and move on with another freelancer. Because yeah. the worst thing you can do is get get in deep with someone and then just find that you've got, you know, you've got no out and the result is, you know, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you've spent all this money and all this time and then you've basically got to go back to start and, yeah. and and begin again with someone else so yeah um so that would be a, yeah it's a bit disheartening i guess as well oh it's just yeah so, it just slows up yeah. your growth and your progress so yeah. much so so those five tips are quite important um if you stick with those you'll probably avoid most of the issues i've ever had with freelancers um and so yeah stick with those and have a look on our website for some of the, uh, the templates. We've, uh, we'll put a link in there to our templates page and our checklist page because there's some stuff in there which you can use around freelancers and contracts and NDAs. Yeah. Uh, you'll find really useful, and then you don't have to go and make them up yourself. Yeah. They're really good ones. They're really clear as well, really set out Yeah, just well straightforward and, and, yeah. and easy to use. Yeah. Um, so the final thing I wanted to touch on today is just where do you find freelancers so there's three sort of categories of of where you can get work contracted out from um, the first is sort of general platforms and so that's where you've got the websites like uh, Fiverr, Upwork, uh, 99designs and, and you know and the list goes on there's a number of them these are the main ones um, they're really good because as we talked about their platform you log in you can search freelancers by keywords, you know, so you can put in their um, software app that, you, you know, you want a, a developer to find, to do a software app for you. It'll bring up all of those results. And then they, they um, you know, they'll recommend top-rated freelancers for whatever your brief is. Um, it's a really easy way of just step-by-step step going through and finding a freelancer. Um, then you've got specific platforms. So these are, so the, the first ones, the general ones, you can basically go in there and find a freelancer to do, you know, almost anything, um, you know, right from designing a logo through to doing your social media for you through to, um, you know, going and outsourcing some products from um, like China for you or something like that. So they're the general platforms. With the specific platforms, they're where they're more focused on a certain, um, I guess, range of tasks, Not not they're not a broad range. So, for example, if you're wanting... Um, writers to do content for you you know um, writer access is a really good uh, platform to use they they have a whole lot of content writers but it's just specific around writing content so but the nice thing about that is that's such a niche sort of area 
you know, you're not dealing with a lot of peripheral ones. You're dealing with just content writers. So you're less likely to find people that won't be able to do the task. Mm. So if you've got something really specific, sometimes these specific platforms are really good. Yeah, and you know they're kind of experts in that field. Experts in that field, exactly, yeah. Um, So another one is Gigster, an example of that specific platform. Gigster is um, anything to do with software development. So got a whole lot of developers that are freelancers on Gigster. Um, Anything technical um, like that, coding-wise that you want um, done, that's the platform to go for. Um, So have a search around. There's heaps of these sort of specific platforms as well. Um, And then you can do the third one, which is company-based sort of options so human proof designs is an example that we use um you know they have a range of services so they have uh you know content writers they'll have seo people they have developers that work for the company um but they'll be able to achieve the task for you uh within their company sort of role um and you know they're, they're not really set up as a platform so to speak you don't get to choose between four or five developers they'll just have one that they'll assign to you um but the, the nice thing about those company specific ones is then if you want to you know if you're doing some development work with them and you want some seo work done it's nice because you can just you know um get them to quote up your seo work as well so it's sort of kept all within the one the one company and and that's why you know is there much difference in price um no i probably would say there isn't um i mean human proof designs are really well priced um and i think they would probably sit in amongst the middle of the range if you went for something like the upwork if you went for them you would probably be um end up paying a similar amount Mm. um so yeah I, i think it's probably much of a muchness yeah. with that sort of thing you probably just don't get that flexibility in terms of range if you want to you know go and find a number of freelancers to interview um, well yeah but saves you time saves you time exactly yeah yeah and at the end of the day the company one they're um you know they're uh, set up to actually um well you know they're set up as a company so they're responsible so if yeah. the developers doesn't yeah. do what you want them to do you go and talk to the ceo of of human proof designs yeah. and say well look, yeah. i'm not happy so you know you've got that sort of extra level of backup yeah um i think probably what i would suggest if you're starting off looking for freelancers is possibly using the um you know the the general platforms to begin with so that's upwork and and fiverr um because they they are really set up well with that easy process to go through and it's just sort of you know you go through click 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 and paste your brief into it and away you go so it's quite simple um but have have a look around on the web Um, there's plenty more to look at we'll put all of these ones that we've talked about today in the show notes so you can easily find those um and you know that's pretty much us for episode 102 if you're watching this on youtube um give it a thumbs up or a comment and remember to subscribe to our youtube channel and we'll look forward to seeing you in episode 103 next week yeah all right guys well look nothing completely crashed down on us today nothing (laughs) crashed down in the background so we've been successful today pretty good well have a lovely week everyone and we'll catch up next week sounds good Cheers, guys. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Elevating Business. Make sure to check out our resource website, emilyandblair.com, for more tips and tricks for how you can grow and make your business more successful.